Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program and what a big step forward here early in this season for Mike Woodson and Indiana last night. The Hoosiers record a thrilling win over St. John's at Assembly Hall as part of the Gavit tip-off games between Big Ten and Big East teams. And it wasn't perfect. Indiana did play really well, I thought, in the first half. But uh, Indiana overall looked good. There were some free throws missed down the stretch, some key turnovers that happened, especially in the second half, that allowed St. John's to come back and tie the game. I, I think it was on two separate occasions. But ultimately, Indiana finds a way, and that is so big for this program early on under Coach Woodson to be, do so because, again, we know a year, two years, three years ago that Indiana so often when they would get uh, even a lead and lose the lead would find themselves the defeated team when things were all said and done. So lots of things from last night to talk about. Obviously, it's a win. Indiana's first, Mike Woodson's first over a high major team this season. And I mentioned this yesterday. I don't want to get too carried away because it's the the middle part of November. But Indiana doesn't have a lot of big non-conference games on its schedule. Uh, that was done purposely in year one and maybe for the first couple of years of the Woodson tenure here in Bloomington. But uh, the St. John's game, pretty important last night because of that. The Syracuse game coming up in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, it's going to be very important as far as part of their non-conference portfolio as well. So if you really want to think ahead and you want to get excited about this team and you're willing to have some confidence that this might actually be a pretty good year for IU basketball, uh, a big win last night in many different regards. And I'll tell you, we'll talk a lot more about this today but I think the biggest note I made mentally last night watching the game was that some of the young players, Christian Lander, who we did not see in game one against Eastern Michigan, he did get some ticks against Northern Illinois in a blowout in game number two, but Christian Lander comes off the bench with foul problems with Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy didn't have a great game. Uh, he comes off the bench and does well. He He wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes. He's going to make those mistakes, but overall I thought he really helped Indiana last night. And Jordan Geronimo, maybe the most exciting guy here in these first couple games when he's gotten some opportunity uh, for Indiana so far. He really has progressed his uh, development, his skill. We've always known he's athletic. He has the ability uh, to play in the Big Ten, to guard in the Big Ten. Uh, but uh, last night I thought was really a breakout party for him, and it's exciting to think – where he could end up uh, late this year, later this season, in future seasons in Bloomington. Uh, he's somebody in the offseason that we didn't talk about a lot, didn't think about a lot, because 
IU had so many key returning pieces like Trace Jackson Davis and Race, and of course so many newcomers from the transfer portal. Uh, but a lot of different pieces on that team. You could also, I thought, see last night that Tamar Bates was much more comfortable and in his groove, and you kind of got a feel for the player, even as a freshman, that the highly touted guard uh, could be. So I think a lot of positives last night. Coach Woodson even mentioned he's still kind of recovering or returning from some sort of injury. So I thought Tamar Bates was pretty good knowing that he's not been 100%. So uh, some good marks last night. Lots to talk about today. We'll review everything, but a big win for IU. And we'll have more coming up today with uh, on that victory and uh, what's ahead next for this Indiana team as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Coming up here in segment one, we'll have some headlines for you. We'll take a deeper look at last night's victory, some of the keys uh, to the game, I thought, for Indiana coming up here in just a bit. Uh, also, a little bit later in the show, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall always joins on Thursdays. He's a very reasonable voice when it comes to IU basketball, and he'll join us to review the game last night and some things he saw in the contest. And uh, is this a reason? Is this victory a reason for IU fans to get excited about the potential of this team. They've still got a long way to go. I think everybody admits that. Everybody knows that. But we'll get Alex's thoughts on all that and more. Also, we had Gabe Cups's father and high school coach on the program yesterday. He committed to IU earlier in the week. And I love to have the coaches on, especially when the coach doubles as the, the prospect's dad. You really get a real intimate look at who he is as a person, as a player. Uh, so we'll talk more with Alex about the addition of Gabe Cups as well as the 2023 recruiting class for Indiana really beginning to take hold. And it always goes this way once we get to the season and the regular season tips we lose some of the interest in recruiting just because there's so much to cover with the current team. And once you get into these games, they come at you hot and heavy. But I do want to double back and get Alex's opinion on Gabe Cups and the addition of him uh, to the 2023 class for Indiana as well. And then later in the show, we continue our preview of high school basketball for the 21 22 season. Jim Shannon, the longtime coach of the New Albany Bulldogs, joins the program. Of course, New Albany headlined this year by Tucker Bibbon, who earlier in the week signed a national letter of intent to play college baseball at the University of Louisville, but he's pretty good at basketball as well, and he will have to really key New Albany this season. But there are some other prospects as well. We're going to preview the Bulldogs for this year as we're really, uh, for New Albany, less than a week away from the start of the regular season. New Albany opens up next Wednesday night against Clarksville. So we're getting close to high school hoops uh, on the boys' side. Exciting to know that it's just around the corner. Thanksgiving is just around the corner. College hoops is underway. The Christmas season is here. Just a very, very good sports time. Really a, a fun time of year, except for the darn cold weather that we get from time to time. A pretty doggone good time to be a sports fan, specifically a basketball fan here in the state of Indiana. So that's the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service. Still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And, of course, it goes without saying, Honey Baked Ham is your stop for all of your Thanksgiving needs. There is absolutely no question about that. Also today, the Thornton's text line is open. Your questions and comments for guests on the program 
thoughts on the IU victory last night. Who was a player that surprised you the most in that contest? Your thoughts on Geronimo and Lander uh, getting some playing time and really contributing for the Hoosiers last night. Send them in on the Thornton's text line. That's 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And I'd love to hear from you. In fact, I think we've already got a couple of texts in on the game last night that we'll share here in just a few moments. Okay, uh, let's get into some headlines today, and let's keep it primarily about the game last night. A lot of things to talk about. Indiana got off to an amazing start last night. Uh, Indiana had it rolling. They were moving the ball so very well, uh, shooting the ball well. Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, I thought, were uh, basically unstoppable. Uh, then things started to unravel a bit in the second half. Not terrible, but there were some mistakes. And St. John's came into the game shooting the ball at 48-point-something percent. So you knew their shooting in the first half for a good shooting three-point team uh, wasn't going to continue. That all seemed to catch up with Indiana really immediately coming out of the halftime break. Uh, St. John's went on a couple surges there, was able to trim it down to seven, then five, and all of a sudden uh, the game is tied. But a very good overall game as discussed for Indiana last night. Trace Jackson Davis, I don't know what you thought, but I really felt like he had 30-something points last night as I was watching the game. It seemed like he had so many baskets, key baskets down the line. I thought, he's got to be around 25. He's got to be in the 20s. He's got to be nearing 30. And when they finally updated the graphic or flashed it on the screen that he just had 18, I thought he was at least 7 or 8 over that. It really was surprised. 7 of 12 shooting for Trace Jackson Davis, 10 rebounds as well. Could TJD have gotten off to a better start this year? I mean, he came into the year with so much hype as one of the best players, obviously at Indiana, but in the Big Ten Conference. But he has really had a tremendous All-American-like start to the season, which exactly what you would expect. And I'll tell you, it's still early, but he seems to have improved on some of the things that Coach Woodson mentioned shortly after taking the job at IU that he felt like Trace needed to do to improve his draft stock. And I've said this a few times, and I'm going to stick with this throughout the season. If Mike Woodson can show recruits, potential recruits, targets, high school coaches, AAU coaches, that he took an already star-studded player like TJD and expands his game, his offhand, his outside shooting, or at least perimeter shooting somewhat, uh, that's going to do nothing but boost his ability as a guy that has an NBA background to help not just win and have success at IU, but to become known as a player development type guy that can help truly get you ready on an individual basis for the NBA. So I think that's key to watch as well. Obviously, Trace is going to be good no matter what this year for Indiana, but if he continues on the path that he's on, in some of these areas that maybe he wasn't as strong in last season come together as they seem to be doing this year, watch out. Mike Whitson's going to be hard to stop on the recruiting trail. He's already off to a good start, uh, but I think that can only help his his case. So I thought that was very notable last night as well. The defense for Indiana, pretty good, but I'm going to tell you another key, not just the young guys that I mentioned already, Lander and Geronimo. Assembly Hall, and I wasn't at the game. I was watching on TV. The 9 o'clock games are hard to get to. The game ends around 11.20, 11.30. You've still got an hour and a half drive back to southern Indiana. But Assembly Hall was alive. The announcers, the 
discussed it. There were some things on social media that I saw. The student section was really into it. I'm not sure if you could hear some of the cheers uh, coming through television. There were some real uh, jabs going there at free throw opportunities for St. John's toward a specific player or two. But Assembly Hall really seemed to be rocking last night. It did not appear to be that way for the first few games, and I'm not sure that you expect it to against Eastern Michigan and against Northern Illinois. But after no fans last season, you want, and a new coach and a fresh start for Indiana, you want to see things get back to what we believe Assembly Hall is all the time, not just during the big Big Ten contest at home, but uh, for every single game. And I thought last night the crowd was a big part of it. Multiple people, I saw some St. John's players, or at least uh, Champagne, or however you say his last name, their best player, who's a stud. I can't believe he didn't go to the NBA after last season. Uh, he even commented after the game what a tough environment it was. Uh, one of the toughest, I think he said, that he's played in. So Assembly Hall, the fans, I think they get a big tip of the hat last night uh, for that IUN in Assembly Hall yesterday. But Indiana also had some depth last night. Mike Woodson has mentioned he wants to play as many as 10 scholarship players. By my count, in the box score, 11 different players checked into the game last night. Eight different players on the IU roster scored. Robert Finnessy was a, the, would have been the ninth player. He did not score, but obviously logged a lot of time last night. So we're seeing early on, not just in a blowout win against Northern Illinois, but in a tight nip-and-tuck game against high major St. John's, we're seeing a lot of depth for this Indiana team. Don't forget you can send in your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. I know a lot of you love to sound off uh, after IU games. Tell us your thoughts on the Hoosiers, local sports, and more. And uh, Texter writes in, a good win for IU men's basketball. Jordan G., talking about Jordan Geronimo, changed the complexion of the game and got a lot of contributions from everyone else. If IU can get consistent at the free throw line, they are a Big Ten title contender and Sweet 16 team. They will have to get that to at least 70% if they want to do that, in my opinion. That's a text from the Thornton's text line. I don't know about Big Ten uh, caliber to championship team or Sweet 16 team just yet, but I will tell you that free throw shooting through three games – uh, seems to be something that Indiana desperately is going to have to improve on, especially between now and the start of the Big Ten uh, conference season. I don't think there's any question about that. So a uh, good start for IU basketball last night. Just a fun game to take in. I don't mind the late games, the 9 o'clock games uh, at all when I'm at home in the comfort of being able to get right to bed afterwards. But to take those games in live and in person, for those of you, and I know there were a lot of people from this area, from New Albany and Jeffersonville, that wanted to be there at one of the first big games for Mike Woodson, one of the first high major, the first high major opponent. I know a lot of you made that journey. And if you had to get up and go to work this morning, more power to you. But uh, late games can be fun. Late games can be good. It means it's probably of interest to a national television audience and college hoops. But uh, that trip to Bloomington is not for me when it comes uh, late at night. Send us a text at 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. We'll head to our first commercial break. When we come back, lots more on the IU win last night. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall joins us. We'll recap everything. We'll get his opinion. We'll talk Gabe Cups. Also, what's next for this Indiana team? I'll tell you what, a lot of, I don't want to say winnable games, Indiana must-win games coming up against some uh, mid-major opponents. A lot of opportunity I see 
for Indiana to really hone in and work on some things between now and really the next big game, which is Syracuse coming up, which is a, a little bit away. So 10 days or so ahead for this Indiana team to really uh, get some wins and also get better in advance of Syracuse and, of course, those early Big Ten Conference games. Stay with us. Alex Bozich is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is my guest, and you can send in your questions and comments uh, for Alex and just general thoughts on IU basketball as well to the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Alex, I'm curious. Obviously, last night was far from perfect, especially in the second half. Uh, But I thought overall I would classify the IU performance and win last night as a very promising early season win against IU's first high major opponent in game number three for Mike Woodson. Absolutely, Matt. I mean, any win in a situation like this, when you're going up against the, as you mentioned, the first high major team under a new coach with a ton of new players uh, playing in front of a big crowd for the first time, uh, you got to be happy with any win, whether it's a two-point win or a 20-point win. And it looked like at at times in the first half match that it might be a 20-point win. And Indiana, I think when they go back and watch the game uh, on film, they're going to see some opportunities that they had in the first half to really stretch the lead out. But the important part to me was how they responded in the second half when St. John's made its run. Because when they went into the halftime, uh, the the locker room at halftime with only a 12-point lead, you did have the feeling that they kind of missed some opportunities to, to make it a, a much easier win, but uh, that left the door open for St. John's, and St. John's has some veteran players. They have some really good, talented offensive players. They can make shots. Uh, they have an All-American player, and they have a coach who's not going to let his team quit, and they kept the pressure on. I thought St. John's was the aggressor for most of the second half, but credit Indiana down the stretch the last seven or eight minutes. They got some really key plays. Uh, from guys off their bench, I mean, Jordan Geronimo, uh, Tamar Bates, uh, even Christian Lander to an extent made some really uh, important plays. And and then really once, uh, you know, it got to, to winning time, Xavier Johnson, who'd been in foul trouble uh, for most of the game, uh, made some, some really uh, strong plays, missed a couple free throws down the stretch. But overall, I think if you're an Indiana fan, you have to be pleased uh, with, the fact that they were able to go out uh, and, and execute, play pretty well uh, for for most of the of the night, and then when they did have some adversity in the second half, they responded. And yeah, I mean, three point shooting wasn't great either overall for the game. I mean, only making six of eighteen of thirty three percent, thirty three point three percent. That's not strong, uh, but it wasn't uh, as bad as kind of what we've seen in the past. But yeah, I mean, ten of nineteen from the free throw line. That's not going to get it done. Uh, consistently against uh, better teams. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest concern and handling the pressure in the second half was a bit of an issue as well. 
Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. I had to do a double take uh, at my television set last night to make sure that that was Christian Lander in the game. Were you surprised to see him in the game at the moments he was, or was that really the only option Mike Woodson had with Rob Finnessy uh, not playing great and with Xavier Johnson having some foul issues? Yeah, I think normally he would have been going to Fantasy at that point. But if you watch closely the first 10 minutes there of the second half, I think Fantasy played about five minutes, had a couple of possessions defensively where he basically just got blown by. And at that point, I think uh, the coaching staff made the decision that he was going to the bench and uh, he didn't come back in. And they they were uh, they went to Christian Lander, which I was a little bit surprised by. But to Lander's credit, he came in. It was a really rough start, had three fouls, I think, in three minutes. But did end up getting that key basket in transition and also got an assist on a three-point shot to Jordan Geronimo that were uh, two key plays, really, in Indiana. I think when St. John's uh, tied it at 56, there was those two plays back-to-back to extend the lead back to five. And, I, you know, as, as, as much scrutiny and interest as there is in Lander and the minutes he gets or doesn't get, I think we saw last night a kind of a mix of why he – does maybe get an opportunity sometimes and also why he doesn't because defensively he's still got a long way to go and uh, he's, he's very much still learning the game. He really should only be a freshman in college right now uh, based on his, his actual eligibility. He obviously enrolled a year early and I, and I thought last night uh, you know, he, he, it was good for him to get an opportunity to play in that situation against a really good team in an atmosphere like that, but he also showed that he has a lot of work to do still as a player. Alex Jordan Geronimo, another highlight last night. I thought he kind of got buried in the offseason because of the Woodson hiring and because of TJD and different returners and newcomers from the transfer portal and Tamar Bates, a late recruit. I thought that his promise, his athleticism, the future that you and I have talked about so much last year uh, with him kind of got covered up a bit. But last night he was uh, a big exclamation point, I thought, late in that game especially with some of the things he did. If he can put it all together on a consistent basis, I'm not so sure the sky isn't the limit for him in Big Ten hoops. No, he, he reminds – I don't know we've talked about this before, Matt. He, he reminds me a little bit of, of, of Jawan Morgan and OG Ananobi. Different things about him uh, remind me of, of, of each of those guys, but just kind of the role that he can play for this team, doing a variety of things. Uh, you know, his ability to make three-point shots, I, really, I think, really uh, determines his ceiling because we know he's athletic enough to finish at the rim. We know he's – a guy that's going to be able to challenge shots. He's going to rebound. Uh, but if he can step out on the perimeter and make the three-point shot like he showed last night, he showed it times in the Bahamas, he's shown it earlier uh, this season, I think he becomes a, a really uh, valuable player for Mike Woodson. And, and last night I think he only played seven or eight minutes total, but them having the confidence in him to put him in the game down the stretch really – uh, and, and when he hadn't played that much the whole game, I, I think is really telling about what they think about Jordan Geronimo and what his future can be. And he's a guy that entered the transfer portal last spring. I think a lot of people wondered kind of what his uh, future in Bloomington would be. You know, obviously not recruited by Mike Woodson. Would, would he he'd be a guy that would kind of just uh, be buried down the depth chart? But I, I think – you know, he's a guy that Indiana really has to continue to develop because, as you mentioned, Matt, I think once he gets into Big Ten play, if he continues to build his confidence, he's capable of, of really lifting the ceiling of this Indiana team. Alex, another thing I mentioned earlier on, and I know uh, you wrote about it after the game last night, was the depth that Indiana had 
Uh, Coach Woodson has said he wanted to play 10, so I guess not a big surprise, but actually 11 different players checked into the game. Eight of them scored, and that doesn't include Rob Finnessy, who was scoreless last night. So I thought for early on, such an important game on this schedule for IU, it was amazing to see 11 different guys log uh, time last night. Yeah, and they get 20 bench points, I think, which is a huge deal when you're playing St. John's, who is known for going 10 or 11 deep. And St. John's wants to bring in its bench. They want to, you know, in, in some ways, kind of like the Florida State approach. They want to play a lot of guys. They want to put pressure on you. And they don't really feel like there's that much of a drop-off when they go from their starters to their bench. Well, Indiana kind of flipped the script on them last night with that uh, because they were able uh, to use their bench, and, and Tamar Bates comes in, scores 11 points. Geronimo, Lander, uh, they outscore St. John's uh, on bench points 20-7. to 7. I think that was uh, kind of a really big deal uh, when you look at the at the box score and, and you look at what the keys to the game were. I think Indiana's ability to, to go to its bench and not have much of a drop-off was, was uh, a big deal. And, and also, just getting those guys' moments in, in a game like that, you know, with Lander, with, with Geronimo, with Bates, you know, thinking back to last season, Matt, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for Indiana to play in, in a game like that where they were able to, to really go deep into the bench and get some guys' confidence. And, and now, hopefully, this can be a springboard. These next three games, they have Louisiana, Jackson State, and I think Marshall at home, three in a row, three games they should win. These guys have now got a little bit of taste of success against really te- really good team. Hopefully they can use that uh, to, to build their confidence moving forward. Maybe you get some, some, some guys from the bench uh, some more minutes. I, I don't think Mike Woodson wants to play Trace Jackson Davis 37 minutes these next three games. So maybe Jordan Geronimo does get a little bit more opportunity going forward these next three games. Christian Lander, same thing. And I think it can be really valuable uh, for those guys uh, to get that taste of success in a really high-leverage situation as they did last night. Alex, we've got a number of texters writing in on the Thornton's line I want to get to. A. Wren writes in uh, that I thought Woody said in his post-game show that Tennessee was dealing with a calf injury, but I could be wrong. Uh, he did mention, Alex, somebody dealing with a calf injury last night. Was that Tennessee? Yeah. I, I didn't uh, – if, if he did mention that, I didn't hear that specifically. Uh, that, that That could be right, but – uh, that, that that may very well be why Rob didn't come back in. But I, I do, as I said earlier, if you did watch the game, there was a couple of possessions early in the second half where he had some defensive breakdowns. So it could be a combination of those two things. Uh, but but if he did mention that, I, I didn't uh, hear, hear that. But it could be, be, very well be the case. Alex, another texter writes in, I believe I would let Lander have a chance – for the future, to me, Rob, to have nights he isn't showing up with his experience, I wouldn't run a good future player off with no playing time. I, I agree. I think Christian Lander probably really helped himself last night. It wasn't Northern Illinois that he was inserted in to play against once the lead had ballooned. It was St. John's, and the game was on the line. And he, yeah, made a couple mistakes, but I thought was overall very solid and, and moved the ball well for IU. I think he, last night, did nothing but help his opportunity to get more playing time. And one of the things I wanted to bring up with you is the schedule ahead between now and Syracuse isn't very challenging. So I think there's lots of time for Coach Woodson to experiment uh, to get guys that haven't been starters or haven't been uh, logging a lot of minutes, some opportunities here to see where they fit in. But I think Lander had to help himself a lot last night. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he 
he did, you know, he, he struggled when he first got entered into the game, but then when it came time to having to make a couple of plays, he made the plays necessary uh, to get Indiana the lead back. So I thought that was a real positive. And, and going back to fantasy, I mean, I, I think all three of these guys can coexist because I think you can play uh, Johnson and fantasy some together. Uh, I don't know how much Johnson and, and Lander will play together, uh, but uh you know, Lander, I, I, I still think, has to be brought along slowly. I mean, I, I go back to what I said earlier, Matt. He's still in the very, very early stages of his college career. He's not a, not a very old guy. I think he's Indiana's third or fourth youngest player. Experience-wise, he didn't really get a ton of experience last year. And it's, it's really not hard to see why he's not playing in front of Rob Fennessy and Xavier Johnson at this point. Xavier Johnson has three years of experience playing in the ACC. He's a grown man in terms of his body and, and how uh, how physical he is. Rob Finnessy is Indiana's arguably their best, his best, their best defender on the perimeter when he's right, and he also has a ton of experience. So Lander, I think the important thing, you know, people thought, you know, the, the texter mentioned running guys off and all that. I think, I think it comes down to Indiana's coaching staff being committed to developing Lander and also Lander committing to Indiana's plan for him and developing over the course of time because, you know, there's not going to be a scenario this season where he's playing 30 to 35 minutes a game. He has to embrace the minutes that he does get. He has to continue to get better. And if he does that, he's going to end up getting his opportunity, whether it be, you know, in, in 10 to 15 minutes a game later this season or next season when some guys move on, they're going to need him at some point to play major minutes. And I think he, as long as he continues uh, to embrace getting better, I think he's definitely going to have a future. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Uh, I've got some other topics, but we're getting so many good questions. I want to stay with the text line. Uh, Texter writes, do Xavier and Rob have one more year of eligibility? I'm wondering if Anthony Leal and Trey Galloway might transfer if their playing time is very limited. Uh, your your thoughts on, I, I, I mean, Leal and Galloway are Indiana guys. They seem so uh, vocally supportive of the program, even you know, not knowing what their role would be this season with so many guys coming back and so many new guys coming into the fold. I'm curious your, your thoughts on that, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to speculate on guys transferring or whatnot, but uh, to answer the first part of the question, I mean, Johnson and Fennessey have the opportunity to come back next season, but you know that it's going to be the case in a lot of schools in college basketball this year where we have, they have this extra year of eligibility, but does the guy who's 23, 24 years old really actually want to come back for an extra year? I think that's one thing, not just at Indiana, but across college basketball. Coaching staffs are going to have to have a pretty good sense as the, cor- as the course of the season moves along of who's coming back and who's not because you have to fill out your roster for next season and a transfer portal comes up uh, you know, you know, there's going to be some midseason transfers, obviously, but at the end of the season, it's going to be uh, kind of back to open recruiting season, and you have to have a sense, uh, I think, of, of who's going to come back and who's uh, looking to move on. But both of those guys do have uh, the opportunity to come back next season. I'd be probably pretty surprised if both of them uh, chose to, just based on the recruiting class in Indiana. Indiana has coming in, and just. The fact that they've both been in college now, this would be the, the fourth year for both of them. Um, I could see maybe one of them coming back. But uh, in terms of uh, Leal and Galloway, I mean, I think it's really with both of those guys, it's going to be uh, similar to Lander. I mean, are they going to be willing to, to to wait their opportunity to have a chance to play? Because Leal really hasn't played at all much this season. He played late in the Northern Illinois game, didn't get in last night. But I mean, he's a Bloomington guy through and through. He, he committed – 
back to Indiana before they even hired Mike Woodson. So I think he's definitely committed to being an IU for the long term. And Galloway has gotten a pretty good opportunity this year when uh, before he got hurt last night. We'll see what his long-term outlook is uh, after uh, I think he gets checked out by the doctors uh, the next few days. Yeah, somebody just texted and wanted to know if we had any updates on Galloway's hand. He heard it was broke. I, too, have seen those rumors out there, but again, we can't confirm or, or know anything for mm-hmm. sure until the school, if they tell us details. Uh, but there have been rumors out there that his someone in his family said it was broke, but who, we can't confirm any of that. So uh, Alex Brozich right. is my guest. Alex, I want to talk about the schedule again for just a moment. As fun as last night's game was, a 9 o'clock game on national TV and St. John's a, a very solid opponent, uh, it's going to slow down a little bit because Sunday Indiana will host Louisiana. Uh, next Tuesday they will take on Jackson State. I, I can't remember if it was Illinois. I saw uh, Jackson State just get beat down by somebody. I watched five minutes of the game before turning it off earlier a week or so ago. And I think November 27th, a week from this Saturday, uh, Marshall will be a little bit of a step up in competition. And then, of course, the big one of the non-conference season for IU before a couple Big Ten games is at Syracuse, part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. That is on November 30th. So uh, some games coming up that uh, unfortunately won't have the feel that last night did. No, but they need these games because uh, they they certainly need the opportunity uh, to get some of these younger players uh, minutes uh, in situations where they can – learn some things, try different combinations. This is really what was missing from last season in college basketball in general. Uh, the condensed schedule really eliminated a lot of these guarantee games, and I know fans don't like a lot of them. And personally, I don't necessarily love watching the same game over and over, but uh, from a developmental standpoint, when you do have a lot of young players and uh, you're trying to implement a new system, I think it can be very valuable. So as you mentioned, Matt, it's going to be a – a bit of a letdown here these next three games based on uh, the atmosphere that we saw uh, last night. But uh, Big Ten season and things like that will be here soon enough, and, and it'll be a game-to-game uh, grind uh, once we get into January and February. So I think fans will uh, – when, when those get, games come along and, and you know, Indiana loses a couple of tough road games in a row, they'll be wishing they could get back to maybe some of the, the easier non-conference games where they have to sweat out the result on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, no question. Alex, we've got about a minute left before we're uh, headed to a break. Gabe Cups. We had his father on yesterday. Really good interview. Learned a lot about Gabe. I think he's going to be a great resource for us throughout uh, Gabe's junior year to keep us updated on things as his coach at Centerville High School at Ohio. Uh, His addition as the 2023 class from a guard perspective beginning to come together. Your thoughts on Gabe Cups coming into the fold for IU and also what's next in 2023? Is it a big man? Is it a wing player? What's the next need in that class? Yeah, they need front court help. But as far as, as Gabe Cups, as far as Gabe Cups goes, uh, I had a chance to talk to him last night before the game uh, on the phone for a little bit. Just a really, uh, really good kid. I mean, I, I don't know him personally, but from just from talking to him, sounds like a really uh, good kid that loves the game of basketball. Uh, really, really stands out to me is just how much he understands uh, how important basketball is in the state of Indiana and the fact that he wants to be a part of that. I think in terms of a player, uh, he didn't really have any scholarships offers until last June, so that kind of tells you he's come on here lately, uh, become more well-known uh, nationally. I think he'll continue to move up the rankings. and could just really be a good 
solid four-year player, has a great feel for the game, well coached by his dad, and I think Indiana fans should be excited about his uh, commitment. Most definitely. Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com, at InsideTheHall on Twitter. He's a great follow for all of his IU basketball coverage, and he's kind enough to join us Thursdays uh, year-round to talk IU basketball. And, Alex, it's great to have college hoops back and IU basketball back, especially with some excitement behind things. There's no question early in this year uh, fans are really getting into things, and that's good for you and I, this show, your website. Alex, thank you so much. Absolutely, Matt. And if I don't, we don't talk next week because of uh, the holiday, happy Thanksgiving, and, and thanks again for having me on every week. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. That's a good point. Next week, uh, no show because of Thanksgiving, but a lot of college hoops taking place over the Thanksgiving holiday, so that's always fun to uh, to watch some of that. All right, we will – Head to a commercial break. We'll come back with our final segment. We'll turn our attention to our high school basketball preview for the upcoming season. Jim Shannon, the coach of New Albany, will be with us, and we'll talk all about Tucker Biven, the Bulldogs, and some other names for New Albany that you may not know as well as you have in years past, but I think they have a chance to be pretty good. So we'll talk about those guys coming up next. Also, if you missed yesterday's show, Gabe Cups' father, Brooks Cups, great guy, lots of insight, fun guy to talk to, and he's agreed to come back on the show from time to time to tell us about Gabe. And he's just got a, a coach's perspective, there's no question about it. Uh, very down-to-earth perspective as well I took from our chat yesterday. You can find that interview at all of our shows available on Apple Podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review. That'll help us connect with others that are passionate about IU basketball and sports here in southern Indiana like we are on this program. We'll head to a break. We're back with Jim Shannon, the longtime New Albany coach, next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this final segment of our Thursday program. Our preview of the 21-22 high school basketball season continues today with New Albany coach Jim Shannon. We've had a number of coaches on so far. We've had some of the area's top players on as well, and more to come as we work our way into next week and the official start of games on the boys' side of the prep basketball scene. Coach Shannon, welcome. Always fun to have you. Year number 24 for you at New Albany High School. Year number 38 overall as a head coach in the state of Indiana. Uh, what a fun ride it has been, and glad to talk with you again about this upcoming season. Well, thank you very much, Matt. I really appreciate you having me on. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but I guess there are days when it does seem like it's been that long, so <laughs> it just depends, but... Yeah, I've been blessed, and uh, it's been a great journey. I, I appreciate, again, 
uh, you having me. Coach, uh, I think when we talk about your team this season, Tucker Biven is the very much known commodity. He signed a national letter of intent earlier this week with U of L baseball, but he's pretty doggone good at basketball as well. And his uh, contributions, I know right out of the gate, especially without Caden Stanton, who is now over in Louisville at Ballard, will be big for New Albany. He's going to be the guy that uh, in many of these big games coming up, you'll have to ride to the finish line, I'm sure. Well, there's no question about that. Uh, Tucker's been a prolific player for us now. This will be going on four years, and um, he's just a a very hard-nosed athlete. Uh, He cares a lot about the school. Uh, He's a big fan of the other sports and supports them, and he's just a very likable kid, and, and, you know, everybody uh, thinks the world of him, and we're very proud of him and the fact that he has signed that national letter of intent to go to Louisville and play baseball. That's been a dream of his for a long time. Um, that's been coming since I think he entered the, uh, his freshman year that he knew he was going to go there. So very excited for him to do that. And, and we're particularly excited that he's decided to continue to play basketball, uh, being such an excellent baseball player like he is. And he loves to play basketball and just happens to be one of our better players also. So we'll certainly look to go to him, but Fortunately, we have some other parts to go with him that uh, all these, you know, these kids can play. They can all score. So uh, he's going to have a lot of help. Coach, I'll let you run through some of those other names. And I'd like to start off with a pair of names. Justin Carter, I think, is a player that I have seen some in summer league and in the offseason that has grown and taken his ability to the next level. And also Jackson Strehander, he he was hurt last year, uh, was unable to play, but uh, has had some good moments as he's gotten back from his ACL injury. Those are two names that might not be as familiar for various reasons, but uh, maybe could step into key roles this year if things go the right way. Yeah, Jackson, you know, fought the knee injury. He was hurt geez, about a year ago uh, in the scrimmage versus Heritage Hills. And so um, he did not play with us really, obviously, throughout all last season. He did not play through the summer and basically just started to work out again uh, in August a little bit. And then he got sick and, and had an illness. And it was just very difficult for him to get going. So he's had a tough go of it. Uh, he is back now. He is practicing. Uh, he's not 100% by any stretch, but he's getting there. And he's somebody that we're definitely going to count on. And Justin Carter, like you said, uh, has really, really uh, improved. He's gotten taller, longer, bigger, faster. He just looks really good. And so uh, we'll be counting on him also. But uh, we also have a pair of seniors who I think are going to have uh, uh, an excellent year. Certainly Jaden Thompson has really gotten a lot stronger. Uh, he's been in the weight room. He's really worked on his game. Uh, he's scoring at a high rate in our practices. Uh, he's always done the uh, the dirty jobs of playing good defense and rebounding, so we'll continue to ask that of him. Uh, and then the other one is Maddox Schmelz, and, and Maddox also had a knee injury. He suffered his after the season last year in March, and uh, he's been very fortunate to be able to come back as quick as he has. Uh, he started practicing with us uh, from the beginning, uh, here when we started our real practices, so to speak. He didn't get much in during the preseason, uh, but he's certainly come a long way in, in a short amount of time. Uh, it, the knee still bothers him a little bit. He's not 100%, um, but he's getting there. And so, obviously, we'll be counting on him. And then kind of bring it up, you know, the rest of the, 
the guys that are going to contribute. Tommy Devine is, is back again. Uh, Tommy will be on our varsity and will certainly be somebody that we can look to to shoot the basketball when these other guys get to the rim or get into the paint and draw attention. Uh, Tommy should get up a lot of shots uh, being the open guy, and he can surely knock them down. So we're looking for big things out of him. And then about our only big guy, you know, uh, Jaden's probably 6'4", but other than that, Chase Lush is about 6'5", and he's a big, strong kid uh, who can shoot the basketball. He can play a little bit with his back to the basket, and he's an efficient rebounder. He's working on his defense. He's somebody that we are definitely counting on. And then Jeremy Rose. Uh, Jeremy is a uh, sophomore, just like Chase. Uh, you know, Jeremy's just going to have to get the experience. He's going to make some mistakes because he's young. Uh, but he's going to have to come in there and, and give some of our guards some rest. Uh, and he's somebody that we're just going to have to have. And those are probably the eight guys we're going to look at the most. And then we'll have some other guys pushing for time. Ben Siegel is surely a young man that plays really hard and is going to try to get some minutes. And we had a move in Marcus Bennett from Alabama. And Marcus is a, a very excellent athlete. Uh, it's just going to take him a little while to get used to how we do things and play the way that we play. So I see those two playing some JV and, and also some varsity. Jim Shannon of New Albany joining us, our preview of the Bulldogs with the longtime New Albany boss. Coach, the schedule uh, next Wednesday night, always fun to get going before Thanksgiving. You guys will host Clarksville to open the year. And then after that, how about this five-game stretch at Bloomington South, Evansville-Harrison, Zionsville, at Floyd Central, and at Carmel. That takes you almost up to Christmas uh, to open things up for the Bulldogs this year. That is quite a stretch where you're going to find out a whole bunch about this team. Well, there's no question about that. Uh, that's It's a tough schedule early in the year when you have some inexperience and you're trying to get them some time and you're trying to get the chemistry right with your team. Uh, sometimes it builds confidence to get a couple W's early in the year. And then you can go from there. But uh, if you run into a buzzsaw right off the bat, it makes it kind of difficult. But, you know, there again, we'll get tested early. Uh, we'll know here real shortly. We'll know what we need to work on, you know, what our weaknesses are. They'll be, they'll be pointed out by these teams that are, you know, going to be ranked in the top five, top ten. Some of those that you mentioned will be. Uh, but we certainly think by January – we could play with just about anybody. So we're going to go into it, you know, fully thinking that we can win the basketball game no matter who we play. That's the way we've always approached things. You know, we're New Albany High School. You know, we're not somebody that does not have a tradition of winning. Uh, we won for so quite some time. So we feel like we can play with anybody, and we certainly think that our schedule, uh, while very challenging, is a schedule that we ought to be playing. Coach, we've got literally like 20 seconds left, but do you think this Hoosier Hills Conference this year will be as good as maybe you can remember in a number of seasons? No question about it. Uh, Jeffersonville, Floyd, uh, Jennings County, ourselves. Uh, Bedford's got a lot of guys back. Uh, I probably didn't mention everybody, but Seymour, Columbus, Easter are going to be right there. They're always very, very uh, – uh, their kids are very, very strong, very, very tough-minded, so – I think anybody could win that thing this year. Yeah, absolutely. Jim Shannon of New Albany. Coach, best of luck. We'll see you along the trail. Thanks for the chat today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Matt. Have a great day. Absolutely. And what Coach Shannon will not tell you is he currently sits at 594 wins all time in his coaching career. He needs six this season 
to hit the big 600 mark, which would really be something. That's going to wrap up our Thursday program. Back with you Friday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.